speech when he's not even here. It's a little uh, bit of an honor uh, that, that the man of God would trust me. And so I do not take that lightly, and I think all of you understand that. Amen. I love every one of you. I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 4, verse number 16. We have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love, dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is fear in love, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And verse 21, and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Would you pray with me? Jesus, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I take authority over this service. God, we pray your hand be on our hearts, be on our minds and our spirits, that the anointed word of God would fall upon anointed ears and it would leave anointed lips today. In Jesus' name, we pray angels here. Let a spirit of revelation fall in this place and let the glory of God be on display through your word, God. I believe that there's deliverance here and there is strength by the authority of the name of Jesus. We say amen. And you can be seated. Chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as is he is or we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. John in, in, these, in this chapter and the church chapter surrounding this is talking about love and, and man's love for God, God's love for man, and man's love for man. But, but in, the, in the middle of all of this, he, he kind of sends a little conjecture about fear. In verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. And that fear uh, defined in the Greek is a withdrawal or fleeing because of feeling inadequate. Perfect love, perfect being defined as something that is mature, something that is brought to its fullest extent, to the full end of love. And love being defined in the Greek is actively pursuing that which God prefers. It's agape, it's divine love. And it is actively pursuing that which God prefers. So perfect love casteth out fear. That fear is a withdrawal and a feeling of inadequacy. And I so clearly identified with this scripture. It spoke to me and just like the word of God does months ago. Because how easy it is it to try to live for God. 
to feel a conviction of God, to feel the direction of God, and know what God's calling me to do and asking me to do, and I do it, and I fall on my face. God calls me to fervent, effectual prayer, and I fall asleep in the prayer room. Amen. How easy it is to feel inadequate when we try to do and fulfill that which God is calling us to do. So easy is it to slip in that feeling of inadequacy and that fear when it taketh root in us causes us to withdraw. But the word perfect, mature, love, casteth out fear. And how does that happen? Well, if there is a perfect, mature love, then there must be an, an imperfect or an immature love. A love that we, we first receive on the surface when we get to know Jesus. It's that which is infantile. It's elementary. It's, it's that initial love. Well, in chapter 3, again in 1 John, verse 18, it says, My little children. He's talking to the children, the spiritual infants, those which haven't got to know Jesus quite, quite yet. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. It says that the, the initial love, the... The, the childish love, the infantile love is that which just says, Jesus, I love you, which is a beautiful start. Belief is the very first step to salvation. However, that is a very superficial love when we just say, Jesus, I love you. But perfect love is actively pursuing that which pleases God. Perfect, mature love is when a heart says, God, I don't care what it costs me in my flesh. It doesn't matter what it costs me in my pride. I want to give everything that you desire. I actively pursue and reach with my heart for that which pleases you. That is the mature love. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, verse 19. And shall and assure in our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. God says that he knows his heart, our hearts. And so uh, in verse 18, he says that we uh, love neither in word nor in tongue, but in deed and truth. Deed is an act activity. We're, we're actively pursuing uh, the things that please God. And truth is the purity of the heart. We worship in spirit and truth, honesty and transparency. And so when we love God in a truth, in an honesty and transparency, God can see that and he sees the intent of our heart that there's nothing that God does not see. And this is commandment, verse 23, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. And He that keepeth commandments dwelleth in Him, and He in Him. Hereby we know that He abideth in us by the Spirit which He hath given us. Herein how we know that we, He abideth in us is because of His Spirit that he gives us. Once we get to know Jesus and he gives us his spirit, he says that that love that is inadequate, that, that fear of being inadequate, that fear that causes you to withdraw. God said, when I give you my spirit, I will replace that inadequacy with my anointing. What you lack in your ability, what you lack in your intellect, I will replace with my glory. My power will replace your weakness. My ability will replace your inability. So all I'm asking from you is love. All I want from you is a relationship. And what you lack, I will replace with my word and with my anointing and glory. Chapter 5, verse number 2. By this we know. By this we know the love that we have love for the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. 
For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. How do I know that I have love? If it's more than just saying, Jesus, I love you. If it's possible for me to say, Jesus, I love you and I have a pure form of love, how do I know that I have love? For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Our relationship with his word defines our relationship with him. Our relationship and our love for the Word of God will reveal our love and how pure it really is. Because He is the Word. In the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So our relationship with His commandments is our relationship with Him. How much we love it. And His commandments are not grievous. To me, that means when the Word of God comes and it pricks my heart, if I really love the Word and I'm really in it with all of my heart just to please God, I won't mind a little conviction. In fact, conviction just reminds me that God's still for me. A prick in my heart, a nudge in my spirit just reminds me that God's still behind me. He's still got faith in me. He still wants more from me. So that conviction, that greet, that word of God is never grievous unto me. And no matter how hard it stings my flesh, no matter what it costs my pride, it means that the Lord is for me. I'm so thankful for the conviction of God. A mature love longs for whatever it takes. That heart cries, Jesus, no matter what it costs is pride, no matter what you ask me to do or where you ask me to go, if it pleases you, Jesus, I'll endure the stinging. I'll endure it for a moment because I know when it's all said and done, I'll have pleased you. And so I'll take that grievous. I'll take that commandment. I'll take the word of God to sting if it means that I'll please you. How do we know that we love God if we obey His commandment? I want to go to the book of John. Chapter 21, verse number 15. So when they had died, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, of course I love you. He said, then obey the call of God I've placed on your life. Peter, do you love me? Then obey the word of God I've given you. Peter, do you love me? Then obey that call that I've placed on your heart, that pull in the spirit that you feel when you're in the worship service. Peter, if you love me, just step out in faith. Peter, I know you're not a great speaker. I know you're just a fisherman. But Peter, I've placed a call on your life, and I need you on the day of Pentecost. So if you love me, Peter, just feed my sheep. Peter, if you'll just step out in faith and open your mouth, I'll fill it with my anointing. Peter, if you'll give me your inadequacy, I'll fill it with my glory. If you'll give me that which you don't think is good enough, I'll take it. I'll apply my power. I'll apply my spirit. And I'll use it for the kingdom of God. Peter, do you love me? Then just give me everything you have. I know you were born a fisherman. I know you're not a great speaker because I made you that way. 
I made you and I didn't give you the ability to speak. So that when all was said and done and you came to me, it would be my glory that came out of your mouth. No one would ever be able to point to your talent. It would be my anointing that reached the people. No one would ever be to say, my God, Peter's a good preacher. No, Peter's not a good preacher. Peter's a fisherman. But the Lord that is in him, the spirit that abideth in him, is reaching the lost. It's reaching the world and it's turning it right side up. Turn to First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-one. For after that, twenty-three. But we speak, preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greek foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ the power of God, the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. He said, look around. I didn't call a whole lot of doctors. I know a few doctors that are preachers and they're used powerful for the kingdom of God. I'm not saying you can't live for God if you have a degree. I'm not saying you can't live for God if you're an intelligent person. But Paul was telling his people, he said, look around you. You don't see the kings sitting next to you. God's not putting kings behind the pulpit. He's not putting the intellectuals behind the pulpit. He's not putting the mighty soldiers behind the pulpit. Verse 27, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. God said, I'm placing fishermen. I'm placing Gideons. And I'm placing those that don't feel adequate. I'm placing those that don't feel like they're able. Those that know that they can't speak. Those that know that they'll, they'll never be able to reach the lost. Those that know that they'll never be able to be used of God. I'm placing them in my house. I'm calling them according to my purpose. Why would God call such like that? Why would God want people that in their own selves can't even do it? Verse 29 gives us the answer. That no flesh shall glory in his presence. He said, I called you and I didn't allow you to have that talent that when you got before my people and you got a relationship with me, it would be my glory that is on display. There will be no flesh that glories in my presence. So if you want the glory, you won't have my presence. But if you want my presence, just give me you. Give me that inadequacy. Give me that thing that you think I can't use and I'll take it and I'll use it for my glory. Singers, if you would come, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made us unto wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. 
So how is it that we get this ability from God? How is it that we get this power from God? He says, when my spirit interacts with your inadequacy and you develop a relationship with me, it is my spirit. Ye are in Christ Jesus who of God has made us unto wisdom. He said, when I'm done with you, you'll have that wisdom that you think you don't have. When I'm done with you, you'll have the righteousness. When I'm finished with your life, you'll have the sanctification. When I'm done with you, you'll stand in front of the masses and proclaim my gospel. And those that are lost are going to be able to see me through you. Could we stand all over the place? There's people in this place you said to God, God, I don't know how to pray. God, I read the word and it sounds like Greek to me. King James Version just doesn't make any sense. I'll never be able to teach. I'll never be able to understand the Word of God. And truthfully, God, I don't even want a pulpit. I just want to know you. But I can't even read the Word of God. And God said, if you'll just give me your heart, if you'll just love me with perfect love, I'll give you the wisdom that you're looking for. God, I came from the world. I came from sin. I've got so much baggage. He said, if you'll just give me you, I'll give you sanctification. I'll make you holy. I'll teach you everything you need to know. I don't need you to be perfect to come to me. When I'm done with you, you'll be perfect. When my spirit have this perfect work in you, you'll have everything that you need. That fear, that feeling of inadequacy runs rampant in this area. In this community, there is a spirit of fear that torments this church that says you're not good enough. You cannot, you will not, you're not able, you're not smart enough. I defy that by the authority of the name of Jesus. I bind that spirit of fear by the authority of the name of Jesus. I open these altars or anybody that you felt that way. You say, God, I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know. I don't have the ability. But God, all I want is you. If a heart in this place will reach unto God, God will hit and touch you with His anointing. If a hunger will leave our hearts, if a hunger will leave our minds, God said, I'll do everything you're asking. I'll feel that need. I'll give you that ability. Fear hath no place here. Perfect love casteth out fear. That relationship with me will cast away that fear. Just that hunger is all I need. Just a desire is all I need. Please be encouraged, somebody. God wants to give you everything you want in Him. All He asks for is your heart. All He wants is your heart. Yeah.